You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. And yourself? Good, good. We've had a good week here. Uh, my little one just got her tonsils removed on Monday, so she's been going through some some recovery. It hasn't okay. been the easiest thing in the world, but it's it's okay. She feels better soon. Thoughts? Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, so, uh, I guess I, there's not really... Oh, there was a couple things in the news that I wanted to talk about. One... There's a couple things yeah. as well on my end. Okay. Well, you oh, go. Yeah, I forgot we actually have a topic for the other show. Let's <laughs> just save it for that. But right. there's a topic. Yeah. But you you go first because uh, I don't know if, if any of the stuff that I saw is the same as the stuff you saw. Well, obviously, the biggest piece of news is that uh, the band uh, Smash Mouth played to a sold out crowd in. Uh, in 1996? And, uh, no, in Sturgis uh, over the weekend. And not only were there tons of people, but do you want to guess whether or not they were wearing masks? Uh, I'm going to guess that the crowd in Sturgis was mostly not wearing masks. Yeah, and they said they, they don't stop coming, they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming, and they just don't stop coming. <laughs> That's right. I didn't know that Smash Mouth played Sturgis. That seems slightly off-brand. Yeah, I feel like a... <laughs> like, what was it? I can't remember the concert where the Rolling Stones fans, like, killed people. Right? Oh, like, uh, yeah, uh, what was that? Uh, damn it. Not Alameda. Uh, it was something. Oh, yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Allmont? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what it was, Allmont. Yeah. Yeah, but they were like, I don't know how many people were going to kill, but some people died there. Seriously, oh. Ted, cool sound effects. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny, because whenever I hit my push to talk button, it sounds like a slide whistle going off. <laughs> so I literally heard a sound effect after I did that. <laughs> Every time Mike begins to talk, it's, whoop. I don't know. I it can't do it. I wish you could hear it. It literally <laughs> Oh my god, Sturgis! Yeah, they've. I, I saw it was something like it's crazy too. Something like twenty or thirty thousand people. Yeah, my favorite uh, Smash Mouth thing, and I think you can find this online somewhere. Is <laughs> sorry, I don't remember where it was. They did a concert a few years ago, and then like the band, like like by the band, I mean the one guy just got really upset and he left the stage because people were throwing things at him. <laughs> But then the rest of the band just kept playing the song as the crowd sang along, and I believe the song was All Star. <laughs> I just like the idea that the band also hates the guy from Smash Mouth. That's hilarious. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. His, I don't know his name. It's Steve something. I saw him on MTV one time. Uh, I think on Total Request Live. And Carson very odd band. Carson Daly was singing along with uh, that All Star. Like, I don't even know if I describe, what, I mean, what, what sort of music is that? It's almost like really bad surf music. Yeah, kind of. Like it's, it has the same, it's like surf music with lyrics, but they take out some of the cool guitar parts for, I mean, I, I don't think they're, I, I like some of their, like, uh, their riffs and stuff. Like, they have the song called When the Morning Comes, like, their riff is really good for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all. It's almost like a mixture of ska and pop. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's odd. With some surf music influence for sure. It is weird. It's not it's not quite pop music. And there's a lot of organ involved too. Yeah. 
Would you would you say that they're similar in sound, maybe not quality, but similar in sound to the bare naked ladies? No, I'd say the bare naked ladies are like they use a lot more acoustic. They're almost like a folk band in a lot of ways. Like a lot mm-hmm. of their songs, like their structure and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's I would true. say they're kind of like the band Lit in the way they sound. Oh, I mean they seem kind of similar. Yeah, or even like you said, going back to like uh, you know ska bands, like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Mm-hmm. At least like their singles are, are you could say they're similar ish. Yeah, that's kind of Mighty yeah, Mighty Boss Tones is kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, they came out around that same era. Man, so you got a, You said you had two pieces of news. Anything else? Uh, I can't remember what the other one was. Well, I've got one that's pretty, pretty interesting to me. There's a. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know if it's a spinoff. I don't know if it's a reboot. I think it's sort of both. It's kind of like that Fuller House type thing, I believe. But oh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, but not as a comedy. As a yeah, drama. Yeah, that's, that's the twist. <laughs> Which is interesting. I guess that uh, Will uh, and Carlton will get into some kind of entanglement. <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely know that, uh, I mean, what, the guy who played Uncle Phil is no longer alive? Um, oh, he is? The one who played Aunt, what, He's he, dead? He passed away a few years ago. Oh. Yeah, the voice of the Shredder. Yeah, was well. he Was he gay? Um, I don't know. I guess he's just dead. <laughs> Avery, right? Maybe, maybe so. something. Uh, James, James Avery, James yeah. Avery? Yeah, I think, I think I it was yeah, James. That sounds Avery. correct, and not positive. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. Another Will Smith news. Did you see he got his teeth knocked out with a golf club? <laughs> oh my God, no, he did. Yeah, some guy, like some rapper guy, was uh, not rapper. I don't know. Some guy was golfing with, uh, like, actually, you know, back swung or you know, front swung and hit him in the face and knocked some teeth out. I heard that that he was swimming with the sharks or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and, the, um, yeah, go ahead. Is Will Smith going to be in this as well, do you know? I know it has his blessing. I'm not sure if they've said that he's going to be in it or not. I, it, I can't imagine he would be. It's still very preliminary. I mean, he, he left TV as quickly as you possibly could. Yeah, he's he's got to be gearing up for Bad Boys 4, right? I, I probably, I mean, if they keep, you know, shoving money at him, they'll keep making him. Yeah, or Wild Wild West 2. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That's a good Most song. Most of the robot spiders get some more money together. <laughs> Seriously, sometimes I feel like these movies that they make are t- just to please one person. One producer. Well, we talked about that in length. I think the guy was involved in something else, wasn't it? Like Superman Returns, and his only stipulation was that uh, there'd be giant mechanical spiders. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding at all about this. I'm, I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but that is crazy as fuck. Like, the guy was, like, really weirdly obsessed with this one idea. I mean, him it. and the, uh, the Uncle Buck guys. Mm-hmm. And then the original cinematographer from the uh, Island of Dr. Moreau together to make a movie. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uncle Buck and the Island of Mechanical Spiders. There you go. (laughs) Well, maybe not Uncle Buck, because John Candy and Kevin Meany are both dead. Oh, God. One of them is two categories. That's right. That's right. John Candy liked to smoke cigars, but only the actual kind of cigars. Kevin Meany liked to smoke metaphorical cigars. 
Uh, rest in peace, Kevin Meaney. Uh, the, the other, a lot of reboot news because why have an original idea? Um, Death Becomes Her is supposed to become a TV show. What? That's weird. I was just thinking about that movie the other day. I think it's on Netflix or something. Did you ever see that? Oh, yeah. I like that movie a lot. The Bruce Willis joint? Yep. Bruce Willis, uh, Goldie Hawn, and uh, what's her and name? her finest role. Yeah. And, and America's finest actress, Meryl Streep. But yeah, I, I like that movie a lot, actually. I think it's a, a, a very good kind of like dark, weird comedy. And I don't know. I don't know how this weird. is going to work. Especially as a, as a TV show. Is it going to be a limited series? They do like six or seven episodes. That might be okay. Maybe. Again, who's, who's asking for this? I don't know. But maybe Anne Hathaway, because Anne Hathaway is going to be in it. Oh, good. She's going to be the Grand Witch. So she's going to be the one that, uh, that gives them the, you know, See, the, I, the I don't remember serum. that movie that well at all. Yeah, she gives them some kind of serum and then they stay young and beautiful forever. Fair enough. It's a allegory for Hollywood. <laughs> okay. And then Zac Efron is going to be in a remake of Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Speaking of... The, the worst fucking comedy of all time is getting a remake. Speaking of Steve Gutenberg, <laughs> we were talking about Speaking him. Speaking of premises that are, are worth about five minutes of jokes. Yep. We were talking about Steve Gurton. Change a diaper, but we're men. <laughs> Seriously, how is that going to play in 2020 or 2021 or whenever this comes out? Oh, geez. Oh, are they going to assign the baby gender at birth, maybe? I don't know. I think that's child abuse, isn't it? Probably. But Is there going to be a ghost in the background? Ooh. <laughs> Ever heard of the ghost uh, theory in that movie? Mark? Yeah, behind the curtains. It's a shadow. Yeah. yeah, but I guess it's like a cutout of uh, Ted Danson, which might be even more frightening. Right. Is that an abandoned plot where he's in a commercial or something in Japan, I think? It's a cutout of Ted Danson telling uh, kids that, you know, how how do you know if you really love me or whatever the fuck? <laughs> There's just a giant, like, shoe hovering towards him. <laughs> yeah, so Zac Efron, I think, is on track to be the new Steve Gutenberg. He'll be he'll be popular for another year or two, and then he'll then you know he'll be he'll be attending Pat Oswald's murder suicide. Oh lord! <laughs> he was the first guy that came to my mind. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> With his book, what would what would Zach Efron's oh. book be called? I don't know. The F box office poison. <laughs> Oh my god! The, the twilight of my years could be twilight of my life. Is was he in that twilight? I don't think he was. No, he was That's in that, uh, Robert Patterson guy. Yeah, he was in Zach Efron was in that one where uh, I'm a college student and a frat, and Seth Rogen. Oh, he, yeah, I'm gonna fuck you oh, up. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was in like isn't he in like the high school movies or something like the Disney show ones? Probably. Yeah. He might be. I'm gonna guess might be. that was long after Lizzie McGuire. First. That was long after Lizzie Lizzie McGuire had gone off the air, so I wasn't watching the Disney Channel anymore. I bet. <laughs> oh goodness. 
So we will get into, I don't know, whatever the the IMDb game. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought we were going to do the show, but I forgot about the IMDb game, even though I'm looking at the page right now. Okay, sweet. Uh, well, I've got one. Get your shit together this week, Mark, or do yeah. I need to go first again? I do. I do have my shit together this week. So the first clue in this movie is near the beginning of the movie. This is under sex and nudity, by the way. Near the beginning of the movie, during a party, a male and female are tied to each other while both dressed in only their underwear. Teen Wolf. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) How did you get that so fucking fast? Is that the the first time that we got it on the, the very first one? We, Mark? Well, any either one of us got it on the very uh, first it, one? It, it might be, actually. Although, one time we both did pick the same movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You outlasted the, the thinking music. <laughs> the, know, yeah. Probably the first time for that. <laughs> that reminds me of a good that reminds me of a good joke in uh, the watch in the Watchmen episode that we're going to talk about. Where uh, Angela Abar says, uh, pretty typical for a guy to create life in under two minutes. <laughs> I still can't believe they're remaking Who's the Boss? Why? Oh, yeah. We talked about that last week. I don't know. And I heard that um, what's her, um, Judith Light and uh, J- Danny Pintataro. Mm-hmm. Pint- Pint- Pintataro? I'm not sure. I heard they have they have the blessing to be on the show, but they aren't inherently linked to it as of yet. All right, nice. They're going to try to of work course, them in. Yeah, of course. If uh, Trump uh, is reelected, Alyssa Milano will have no time to uh, be on the show. She'll be tweeting. She said and she tweeted out, out. She tweeted out something to the. Oh, she had COVID. I think. I, I didn't, heard that. I didn't realize that. Hair is falling out. Yeah, I didn't realize that, but apparently she had coronavirus and. Now her hair is falling out. So hairdressers on the new Who's the Boss reboot. Get your extensions ready. Ooh, I don't know if you're allowed to do that. What, put extensions in? Isn't that, you know. Oh, it's appropriation? appropriation? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It might be. What races can yeah, put, ex- we- like, can can an Indian woman put extensions in? Like, uh, <sighs> like from Asia, like Mindy Kaling, right? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're, I think they're. The right hue. That I mean, since, since, since most uh, most extensions are made from uh, Asian people's hair, from what I've heard, yeah, they should be allowed to wear them, right? You would think so. Just like every Asian should be able to have an iPhone, <laughs> so they can take a oh, selfie I mean, while they're jumping out the window to commit suicide because of their uh, lol <laughs> their labor practices. I think they all use the uh, the official Chinese one. What's it called? The uh, Huawei, the one that has like spy, you know, that has their spy program. Because, yeah, you know, exactly. our phones don't have any spy, you know, materials or anything like that in them. Yeah, you know, why the NSA doesn't have a backdoor to every you know fucking security program out there? Yeah, and if you believe that, uh, just say the word "purple mattress" today and see if you get any ads for purple mattress. Holy shit! I'm telling you, you know, that that's the most disturbing thing in the world is that the iPhone factory or whatever in China had to install a net because people were so many people were trying to kill themselves. They installed a net outside of their building. 
Oh, so so many people were killing themselves. Yeah, that's and what I mean. Is, yeah. You know, you know they didn't. You know they didn't just take them and like you know out of the net and then go to a therapist. They're like, get back in there. <laughs> it's it's like a 1950s sitcom. Why I oughta. Maybe oh, they way, Samuel <laughs> Adams Oktoberfest is back out. Maybe to uh maybe to be lighthearted they put a boing sound effect on, on the, <laughs> the trampoline. <laughs> like bang get back in here. You maroon. What are they so what are they perfectly engineered so they bounce right back into their seat? Like unharmed? <laughs> like they're like, Oh god, I'm gonna kill myself finally and end all this. And then ah, <laughs> damn it. And then someone just goes, we are slaves. <laughs> and then they charge you for a weird tear on the net. Right. Is maroon a racial slur now? If you called someone a maroon? <laughs> I have no idea. I've never heard that used in that context at all. You know, like, uh, I don't know, from the Looney Tunes cartoons. What a maroon. Isn't that just like a moron? Isn't that what they're saying? I guess. Let's see. What's the origin of m- maroon? Oh lord! Are right, we doing some research? I'll I'll go with my uh, my questions. You got it. Oh lord! A teenage girl takes off her bra prep- preparatory to having sex, but her boyfriend blocks camera view. Hmm. American Pie. Damn it. I so wanted to get it on the yeah, first. Yeah, I was hoping that I was going to say that'd be awesome, but no, you ruined it. <laughs> that's that's the that's my usual. And in fact, this is I legitimately looked this up because my I can't really give this my daughter just uh, turned 12. She's possibly having a sleepover. If so, she might be watching this movie, so I looked it up to see if it's okay. And I think we're going to watch it. Okay. A boob inspector hat is shown. There are cartoon boobs on it. A boob inspector hat? Yeah, like a hat that says boob inspector. And I think the O's are like, you know, fake boobs. It's not like an actual boob inspector. It's just like a guy. Making a oh, okay. Boob. So it's not an official boob inspector. <laughs> not official, no. <laughs> it's... Although unofficially, I do quite a bit of inspecting with my eyes. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Uh, man, that, that's not in, in, we, in wedlock, I mean. <laughs> And I think I don't think you meant to use that noise there. <laughs> um. So uh, I'm trying to think. You said your daughter might be watching it. It's possible, I guess. Um. Oh. Oh. Wait a second. Okay. So I have two guesses. I the first one doesn't count. I was going to guess Police Academy because we were talking about Steve Gutenberg, and I'm pretty sure Steve <laughs> Gutenberg wears a hat or a shirt like that. But I know that there's he might, but it's not Police Academy. I know there's some nudity in that movie, actually. So I didn't there is, yeah. think you'd let her watch it necessarily. Plus, it's just you know, I don't think you want her to watch bad movies. <laughs> but well, I mean, she watches all kinds of Disney stuff. But I think I remember someone having a hat like that in Scream. Wow, that is correct. <laughs> oh, God. Almost. Second clue. Damn it. That's that's pretty good. Second clue. Absolutely. I mean, I could probably guess in half that, but it's not a deal. <laughs> so if you guys were playing at home, uh, sorry, but we 
dominated the game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good one though. Scream, good. excellent good. choice. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Scream a few times, and how it changed the game. So it's it's a uh, it's like the. Unfortunately, there's always a uh, well. I can't really say screams in especially original movie in some ways. I mean, mm. it's original in the sense that it's a serious spoof of the genre. You've had like, um, right, and this just came after like you know scary movie and all that stuff. Those are you know, but um, a scream you know isn't quite a spoof so much as I misspoke. It really celebrates the entire genre of horror movies. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's so many references, like the names, like Loomis, you know, calls back to Psycho. And much like Psycho in the very opening scene, you know, not, well, actually, Psycho, it's buried halfway through the movie. Right. But the opening scene, like who you expect to be the big star and who you see in all the previews is uh, just murdered right there. Yeah, absolutely. I would assume, uh, yeah, I guess probably Halloween and and Psycho both. Obviously, um, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Psych- Loomis yeah, Psycho get, yeah. owns the name to Halloween. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but definitely a good movie. I like I like Scream. I like most of the Scream movies, actually. I'm pretty sure yeah, I've I, seen them all. I like the second one a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one is okay. I, I, the third one I don't think is a bad movie, but it's uh, the pacing is much different, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't like it as much. Yep. Anything to keep Courtney Cox from doing a Friends reboot. <laughs> <laughs> the Friends of the movie. I, they're making another Scream, aren't they? Or did they make another Scream recently they, or something? Kieran Culkin and uh, Eric Ro- is Eric Roberts' daughter's name Emma. Is that her? Is that the same person? Yeah, that's correct. Emma Roberts. I think that's who was in it as well. Nice. But that one wasn't that good. I didn't actually see that one. I think that's the one I haven't seen. I don't. I think they also did a series on MTV. I don't know how that was. Didn't see it. Mm, interesting. Well, probably sucked. Um, <laughs> I saw probably. MTV. They also did a Teen Wolf series. <laughs> yeah, they did. That's right. MTV. I don't know if it was the same as the movie or what. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say MTV turned, I don't remember, 40 maybe? Or, some, uh, or something okay, like that. I guess. When did it come out? In like 1980? Is that? It'd have to be 80 if it turned 40. Yeah, I think I think it's somewhere around that. But somebody put a thing where, where it said, happy you know, 40th birthday, MTV. Thanks for 14 years of music. <laughs> Yeah, basically, if that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think maybe from 80 to, I don't know, maybe 90, 89 or 90, they they stuck with mostly music, but then they had yeah. to branch out from there. I mean, I assume they just did what was most profitable, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, VH1 still plays videos, it's just all really bad. VH1 still exists. Well, actually, that's not, I'm not. I'm honestly not sure. I, I've seen within the last five years that VH1 was around and had videos. I remember pop up video. Yeah, I enjoyed that show. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. And then, and then another mess up thing about uh, not mess up, but uh, the VH1 like always had like the dumbest like uh, names. Like here's morning grind. These videos will get your heart pumping first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah, morning grind. You wanna you wanna uh, oh. squeeze one out before work? <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, Wait, I, I thought of another uh, story. Are you? Are, I'm not really familiar with these people, and I probably have the names wrong. Are you familiar with Rita Ora? Oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, I'm not sure. I think she's a singer or something. Okay. But if the, if I have the name correct, which I think I do, apparently she's uh, been accused of blackfishing because she wears black hairstyles. 
Um, and like, I guess, I don't know what else that means. It's most of the hair sales right now, but she's in fact, not black at all. Not one bear. What, what is black fishing? I don't know. I think from what I read, it's, you know, she's trying to make people think she's black. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess. I yeah. So why do know. people really give a fuck about any of this? Because, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, maybe maybe life has just gotten so easy on everyone that we could just have the luxury of complaining about these things. I guess so, yeah. Apparently, blackfishing is a recently coined term used to describe someone accused of pretending to be black on social media by using makeup, hair products, and in some cases, surgery to drastically change their appearance. Well, I mean, if you're... Oh, so, that's probably the sign of a psychological disease if you're using surgery to try to make yourself look like another race not if you're the king of pop (laughs) yeah that's true i mean i don't understand like race is just made up anyway we made it up who cares like there are differences in culture obviously people come from different regions of the world and there's you know there's different cultures people have different histories and that's great and should be celebrated and that's awesome but race is just a, just a concept that we made up. You know? Yep. It's ridiculous. I, and I don't understand why people put so much... Really berserk. <laughs> I don't understand why people put so much emphasis on it. Oh, my goodness. But, anyway. Uh, oh, yeah. Rita Ora. That's what I was going to do. Let's see who she is. Rita Ora is yeah okay well i can see why they think that i guess she does like i guess you know she could pass as i don't know what race she is but she could pass as something you know else i guess (laughs) i don't fucking know she's from yugoslavia or she was born in you i think she's albanian she was born in yugoslavia anyway well, I've seen, I've, I've known some Albanian women and I used to work with some Albanian women and they, uh, they have a, like a Mediterranean, you know, they're from, they're around, Albania is around Greece. They have a Mediterranean hue to their skin. So that's not dissimilar. The parts not covered in tracksuits that is, yes. <laughs> oh my God. That might be the funniest line ever delivered on this show or any show. <laughs> See, that shows you actually do know how women. Oh my god, that is hilarious. I mean, I guess I can see it in some of these pictures where it's like she's trying to look like Beyonce. But is that Oh wow. Yeah, there in this picture she's really trying to look like Beyonce. But that's what it looks like to me is that not necessarily she's trying to look back black, but that she's trying to look like Beyonce. <laughs> so, and so, this article just says people je- are just realizing that both of Rita Ora's parents are white. Which, which is funny. Again, because, you know, she's, okay, her family's from Kosovo. Hmm. It's more tragic as you go on with the description of where she's from. Right. She's from Yugoslavia, Kosovo. <laughs> Her grandparents were born in Auschwitz. <laughs> um, no, I... I uh... Lobodai Milosevic personally <laughs> murdered her father. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> and said, you ain't black. <laughs> she developed a complex over it. Why? Like, why? Why would Flavamilosvich do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even speak. Why? I don't understand why people care about this that much. I understand if you think somebody's the whole cultural appropriation thing to me is weird because it's like, doesn't that mean that people think what you're doing or like, you know, it's like the sincerest form of flattery, right? Like yeah, see, it, 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 it's probably flattering if someone's not doing it, you know, to be an asshole about it. Yeah. I, now if somebody's trying to like, yeah, like make fun of somebody or like, you know, do blackface and be like, you know, you know, oh, massa, you know, and like stuff like that, then obviously, yeah, that's dumb and offensive and that guy's a dick. But if people are copying uh, the fashion. That's not really appropriation. That's just copying, you know, racist stereotypes. Right. But if people are like copying fashions and, and things like that or makeup style, I mean, I don't, I'm, we're guys, so I don't understand. I don't know anything about makeup or different kinds of hairstyles. But if. If women are doing that and, you know, people are like the styles and everything, isn't that just kind of like, hey, we think you look cool? Like, this stuff looks cool. Right. So, you know, we like it, too. And some stuff, like like uh, like I think corn or dreadlocks specifically, people like in ancient Greece were wearing dreadlocks, so who's appropriating who? Right. And it's just, if somebody, like, I can understand being annoyed if you were a black kid let's say in the get in well, I was going to say in the ghetto which is probably a pejorative term but let's say you live um in uh Brightmore in Detroit okay so that's a local reference for all you guys so let's say you lived there and uh some white kid you know came in you know wearing something that he thought would be stuff that you guys would wear like baggier pants and and stuff like that big like a big uh fubu jacket or something you, i'm sure everyone's laughing right now because yeah, this you is, this takes place in 1997 <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say you guys probably realize i have no idea about any kind of fashion or anything at all I, i'm the first to admit it but if if he came in like dressed like that and started acting as if he was from the streets and understood the struggle of, you know, living in, in Brightmore and living in a in an economically underdeveloped area when he's when his parents are from Birmingham and like that's where he lives or something. I can understand being annoyed by that. Like, hey, you're trying to pretend to be something you're not. You're, you know, like this is a struggle that all of us, regardless of of race, because there are some people, white people that live in Brightmore, that, you know, we've gone through and it's almost like you're making fun of it. Maybe you should not do that. But that doesn't mean that they, that the guy couldn't dress in clothes that they dressed in that he thought was fashionable. So I think there's a fine line. I don't know. It's weird, but I, I'm not black. I've never tried to appropriate any kind of fashion because i have no fashion sense at all most of my closet is t-shirts and you know jeans or sweatpants and shorts uh so i don't i don't get any of it but i don't know like i said i'm probably ignorant on the subject but it just seems it just seems i don't understand why it's such a huge issue all the time i don't know i don't know sorry i was having a sip of uh, samuel adams oktoberfest nice oktoberfest Samuel Adams. That's our new sponsor. That's our new sponsor for this week. Yeah, I just keep, I, 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 
See, the problem is the place I got this from, it's a local gas station. It's either brand new or it's left over from last year. <laughs> and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> Doesn't, isn't age is good, though, with beer, right? <laughs> uh, well, not really. Only to a certain degree. Oh, my goodness. It tastes fine, though. It's probably new. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a year will be fine if it's in a fridge the whole time. I don't know. You would think. As long as it's sealed, sure. Anyway. Yeah. Well, these are all loose tops, but yeah. So, so, so speaking of uh, being sealed, that uh, that ring was sealed inside Calvin's head, huh? Yep. <laughs> At the end of last episode. So this episode of The Watchmen was basically, uh, again, almost almost like when we had um, uh, Willie's, William's... Uh, I don't know why I got so informal with him. Uh, Willie William. Who's Willie Williams? No, uh, you know, what's his name? They're oh, Will Reeves? Yeah, Will. Why? Um, when we had his his episode. Like the, Willie Williams is a local sportscaster. <laughs> or is that Woody Woodruff? Yeah, Woody Woodruff. When Woody... Uh, <laughs> Became the first masked vigilante. No, almost like in that episode with with Will and his backstory. It, it's kind of a, you know, it obviously jumps around in time a lot as this show does, and it kind of shows the progression, the formation, and the progression of uh, Doctor Manhattan and Angela's relationship, how he came to be Calvin, and, and all that stuff, and then it goes back to the present basically kind of at the end but we jump around a lot in time as dr manhattan explains when he literally walks into a bar to see a bar uh yeah great title he um he experiences time uh you know differently than than people do he's kind of experiencing all time simultaneously yeah whereas i believe did the last episode uh end up with um like the seventh cavalry at the steps of you know basically her house yeah yeah that's when she busts him out and then we just teleport back in time to saigon yeah so she's in a bar commemorating the anniversary of her parents death and he walks in in a dr manhattan mask we don't we don't ever see his face uh much like with the minutemen um until much later in the episode, but they frame him out a lot. I think I'm not sure. This must be the celebration of the end of the war because when, when her parents were blown up, it was like they were having some sort of celebration as well. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a big party. There's like Dr. Manhattan masks like all over the streets. In fact, Dr. Manhattan picks one up and puts it over his own face, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to kind of try and fool people. Yeah. And other people are dressed like him. So, you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, he, he can blend in a little bit. Um, yeah, they they she references Vivende, which I assume is victory in victory Vietnam. Vietnam. Yeah. But he says, <laughs> she says to him, "Hey, is this like a Zeus thing where you know you're coming down trying to get laid?" And she she talks about how he turned into a swan and things like that, which is what, uh, according to the myths, uh, you know that's that's what Zeus would do. Zeus was a womanizer, always on the make. Absolutely. <laughs> Yep, hair. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so could you imagine them playing at Sturgis? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that actually they probably they would fit in. I think 
that's and also I think Smash Mouth said we are we don't wear any fucking masks too or something like that. <laughs> Cake is is um they're another interesting sound left leaning because you know they live in California right, but they're they're an Actually, interesting I, sound I, I too. Yeah, I'd say they're almost. I can't really aside outside of their cover of sad songs and waltzes. I can't really ex, you know explicitly point out a country song they do, but they almost seem like very country esque to me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. There's definitely some of that in there. Ruby sees all. Um, I think is a uh, a very country ish sounding song. Don't you hate that? Like whenever you talk about music in any any like you know depth whatsoever, you sound like fucking Patrick Bateman from a uh, American Psycho. <laughs> yes. Like anytime anybody like goes into like you know goes deep on a song, it's like oh you sound like a Patrick Bateman here, friend. <laughs> I feel their most uh, you know poignant moment was on a short skirt, long jacket when yeah. motorcade of generosity. Uh, <laughs> I had that on vinyl. Um, but anyway, so uh, where were we? Doctor Manhattan in the bar talking Organizer. to Angela. Yeah, that's right. So he says, Angela. he says that he, he basically he comes out and says, Hey, I am Dr. Manhattan, the real Dr. Manhattan. She says, well, why don't you glow? And he goes, no. And she's like, hello, real Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> he, he says it would attract too much attention to do so. Uh, so he predicts the future and says that this is, this is an awesome moment too. What great writing. He says, your favorite song is about to come on the radio or on the jukebox and the record goes down and it starts playing tunnel of love, uh, by, uh, I can't think of who sings it now, but anyway, it starts, pl- <laughs> it starts, yeah, maybe it starts playing tunnel of love and, she says, I have never even heard of this song. And he goes, yeah, but uh, this will, uh, yeah, this is the first time you've heard it, but it will become your favorite song. If he was, if he wasn't the real Dr. Manhattan and he was picking her up, what a fucking great line that would be. <laughs> but anyway, so... Uh, she kind he kind of tells her he tells her a little bit about what's going to happen. He says we we will be together for ten years and then it will end tragically. Uh, and but but they're going to have um dinner the next night. She's going to agree. The real tragedy is that Samuel Adams Oktoberfest only comes in six packs, as far as I know. <laughs> That's right. It's always a good choice. Just like going on a date with Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> what was that thing you wanted sponsorship for? Uh, zip ties? What was that again? <laughs> zip ties. Think, zip ties. And cl- you need so many. Zip ties and chloroform. Isn't that your new website? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if zip ties and chloroform is, is available. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Oh, uh, let's see. <laughs> Uh, That'd be funny if you could legally sell both of those items and only those items. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, zip ties and chloroform.com is available. So grab it up, fellas. What about .org? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to check that one out. <laughs> 
Oh, the, anyway. Um, John Osterman himself, Dr. Manhattan, is in here. He's, you know, like you said, he's, you know, talking to her. Much in the comic, he's like, you already, like, kind of like, just like, you know, bored describing, like, uh, stuff that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which to me makes me think, why does he even care about this relationship at all? I don't know that the so I don't know if we're going to talk about it more in the final episode next week or not, obviously, because I haven't seen it yet. But it's interesting to me because one of the big character traits or the, you know, arc of of John Osterman slash Dr. Manhattan is that he eventually just becomes bored with humanity, that he, you know, he grows so far beyond it that he can't have any kind of connection to them, really. Uh, yeah, in fact, that's really kind of like the only thing they really change from the comics is at the end of the comics, he just kind of like leaves like the solar system because he's just so bored with humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and so I, I'm wondering, you know, if there's like some kind of explanation or, or you know, like it's interesting to me that with the whole ring thing that he could do this and thus try to connect more with humanity um yeah it's interesting it's a what well, kind of skip i don't see any reason for us not to skip around since they do um they, right. we see that it's actually invented by um ozymandias because he, he had invented it like just kind of like he it's a kind of a funny conversation they have because mm-hmm. he's like oh i happen to have a device that will disable your powers like, well, yeah you know because because in the in the comics again like uh um, Ozymandias, like the only person he really fears is Dr. Manhattan because he's essentially a god and he can, you know, mm-hmm. at one point he says, you being the world's smartest human is like you being the world's smartest ant to me. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, he's like, yeah, that the, uh, you know, like putting you in that box or whatever was plan B. This is, uh, this was plan A. <laughs> but I could never get it in your skull. <laughs> So yeah, he gives it yeah, to. Yeah, we see that he actually has to like help help out himself to get it in the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has to make so something they go to the, tangible. They go to the morgue. Uh, Angela is falling in love with him. She wants him to come to America with her. Um, so they find like a corpse that he thinks is suitable. Uh, his name is Calvin. They get married. He takes her last name. Yep, that's correct. Which is I always thought was interesting, and now that has a a, a explanation to it. Yeah, for sure. But he he talks he talks to her about how he created life on Europa. So we get we get the Europa connection now, uh, and he creates. Actually, I don't understand why her last name is Abar. I'm confused on that because w- w- it's not Reeves. Yeah, that's yeah. I, did I wonder if his wife changed her name? Maybe that's her maiden name. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. Although I don't know how she would know that because she was a baby. <laughs> I mean, unless she researched her family or whatever. I don't well, know. I mean, she was like eight or so when her parents died, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I anyway. Mean, unless the dad must have changed. Like, if if the mom changed her last name and then changed Angela's dad, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, anyways. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. You were saying. So he he talks about how he wanted to create life on Europa. And, and he did. And he tells her that when he was young and leaving... Um, leaving Europe, fleeing Europe for, because of, uh, you know, the Nazi regime. The Hitlers. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> the Hitlers and their apartments. 
next to the golden stains or whatever see that show is just i mean it was just bad i mean like like <laughs> if you did a hogan's heroes maybe level of writing you could have had something but maybe it was just bad every part of it was bad like i think the the jokes were more offensive than the fact that it was hitler living in an apartment right <laughs> yeah it's like somebody said hey all I can do is think of the most stupid and cliched things that happen on every sitcom that I've ever watched when I was a kid. What can I do to get this actually on the air? Oh, the the twist part will be that it's Hitler. Right. It's like it's still not good writing, you know. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so he he talks about how this couple took him in and he him, him and his dad are there. His mother had left. She fell in love with an SS officer and... He one time he's hides in this little closet because he had some food and the the lord and lady of the house or whatever, they come in and they start to kind of fool around on the bed. They notice him. He makes a noise and they, they see him there and then they have a conversation with him and they look like Mr. Phillips and Mrs. Crookshanks. And right. they say they basically say to him, hey, you know what you it's a really interesting conversation because they're not at first, like you kind of feel apprehensive that they might be angry. Maybe they're going to kick him out or or whatever, but they are a married couple. So, you know, it's not really a a controversy, but they say, Hey, what you saw wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. It's, you know, a love and, and all that stuff. And we, we had a baby that died and now we want to try to make another baby and that's what we were trying to do and they make him promise that they give him a bible because apparently they're a, a religious family he says he doesn't have one his dad doesn't believe in that stuff and i I thought it was so awesome too they're they're like completely non-judgmental about this they're like uh well there's still nice stories even if you don't believe in it at all there's it's still nice stories um, just like any other kind of like myth book, you know, they're, they're good stories. And, um, she may, she makes him promise that, uh, when he, you know, after he leaves that he'll create something beautiful. So he zaps their manor to Europa and obviously they, they're, I don't think he zaps it. He makes it from the earth itself. Cause he can do that. He can make like structures out of the earth. I think he zaps it though, because he says, Oh, did he really? Cause, uh, Angela says to him, why, if you can make anything, why didn't you just make it? And he said, this particular place has, uh, an important, an importance to me. So I think he actually physically like zapped it from the earth to Europa. Yeah, he can do that too. But, uh, so he creates them, uh, you know, uh, Crookshanks and, and Mr. Phillips, not sure exactly where the names come from yet, but they're, uh, or if we'll ever find out, it's not really important, but, that's uh, his the, his version of Adam and Eve, basically, and you know he he gives them dominion over this this bubble, like basically this bubble on Europa with an atmosphere and and life. And when he speaks to uh, Adrian, like you said, he's uh, it's it's awesome because it's like two thousand nine, but Ozzy Man says. Like a, an '80s uh, like jacket on with like he's still dressing like it's '85 because yeah, he's yeah. been because he's been in Antarctica the whole time, which is just awesome to right, me. Right. <laughs> but he says to him, you know, I created this place. You know, it's it's a place where there are the beings are superior. There's no conflict. They live only to serve. That kind of thing. Would you like to go there? And he says, Yeah. 
So he he sends him there. Now, I have a theory, and again, I don't want you to tell me if I'm right or not, but I'm, I mean, I, it's not really a theory because we've been given a, a ton of information about this at this point. I think that the, the game warden guy or whatever is one that, I, I don't know exactly how this would have happened. I don't know if, if Dr. Manhattan, this is the, this is the one thing I'm confused about. I don't know if Dr. Manhattan created him or if, cause they don't, they don't ever say that. Or if, um, if he, uh, he's like a, a Mr. Cause he's wearing a mask. If he's a Mr. Phillips, that's like rogue has gone rogue or something like that's maybe devolved to a next stage of evolution. And, they're keeping him prisoner there, and at this point he wants to leave, but he can't because Dr. Manhattan doesn't know what's going on everywhere in the world because he's been trapped in Calvin this entire time. So it's like, I think Adrian kind of thought he could say to Manhattan whenever, hey, I want to go home now, and it would have been cool, but he didn't. So, um, you know, that like that he's trying to escape there, obviously. Uh, so that's my guess as to kind of what's going on there uh and you know we'll see we'll see what happens from there but uh then i'm trying to think what else happens uh they you know he predicts the fight like you said they have a fight she's she gets angry about um you know his saying that they're going to have a fight saying you know because things are going so well between them it's weird because it almost is like a self-fulfilling prophecy they have a fight but the fight starts basically the seeds of the fight. Because fights. he says they're going to have a fight. Yeah. Yeah. The seeds of the fight start that way, which also very beautifully foreshadows what happens later when he's brought out into the present of the television show. And he sends the kids away to be with uh, her, her grandfather so that they're safe and away from all the conflict that's going on. And, she says, he tells her, I'm with your grandfather right now when I first met him. And she says, so I could tell you something and you could tell him. And she says, yes. And she says, how did he know that? I can't think of Don Johnson's name, but how did you know that Don Johnson was part of, you know, the, um, the, uh, not the seventh cavalry, but the Cyclops and, and, you know, like, uh, how did you know that there was a clan rope in his closet? And Dr. Manhattan says that to him. And he says, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so then she says, did I start all this? Judd? I think Judd. Yeah, his name. that's right. Judd. Yeah. And she's like, did I start all this? Which is possible. And also kind of a paradox, a, a, a time loop or, or whatever you want to call it. But, um. Yeah, it's like like I said, it beautifully foreshadows that moment of wow, did Angela set this all in motion, uh, you know, with her her boyfriend slash husband, Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, it's a it's a fun theme they explore in the comic a bit too, like causality and mm-hmm. the Matrix does it too a little bit when the scenes of the Oracle, you know, where yep. there's like, did I make you do that? You know, it's 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 a, a fun slash frustrating little game you can play. Oh, for sure. So then the the cavalry comes in. She she says at the bar, he says way back in, in Saigon when they first meet uh, from her perspective, he says that he loves her and that, you know, like he's going to fall like he's already in love with her. But he's fallen in love with her already, you know, just the weird way that he experiences time. And 
he tells her, you know, they're going to zap me. They're going to destroy me. There's nothing that can stop that. And she was, and she's like, you know, fuck that. And gets out her guns to go fight for him. And he says, this Which is are everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And he says, this is the moment that I fell in, that I fall in love with you when, you know, I tell you that it's hopeless and you still fight for me. And she says, that's fucked up. We've been together for 10 years and this is the first first time you fall in love with me. And he's like, no, I've always loved you. It's just this, like the inciting event for him happens now, but he experiences it. Yeah. He experiences it in all times. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's it's very similar in a lot of ways to the Kurt Vonnegut approach of time travel where Mm -hmm. there's these creatures called Profamidorians. Yep. And they just like, they basically, they basically say they see time as like a string of beads where every moment is a bead. You can see everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Whereas we have to see it frame by frame. That's basically how Dr. Manhattan sees it. So yeah, it's kind of crazy, but it makes perfect sense. If you, you know, think of the way he perceives the world, which again, you know, perspective and time, time manipulation are huge, huge factors in the series, which you'll see play out over and over again. This is, you know, a perfect example of it. Yeah. So uh, she goes out there, starts to fight with the 7th Cavalry. There's a ton of them. They have a, a tachyon beam, uh, which... In, in, I'm sorry, is it in this one or, or the last episode where they explain how they knew Dr. Manhattan was in uh, Tulsa? Is, it where, is that where they are? Yeah, I... Um, because when Angela was attacked um, on the White on the white Knight, uh, one yeah. of them was uh, teleported to the same town that Dr. Manhattan originally was created, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's... almost. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, that, they, that is... I don't know if they fully explain it in this episode, but they, they explain because another bit of foreshadowing, uh, Adrian tells him, you know, theoretically, because you'll have no memories, you'll still have your power but you won't ever think to use it because you won't know you have it unless maybe, you know, in a life or death situation as like a reflex. And yeah, right. the, when, when on the white night, when they come to, to kill her, he zaps one away. They explain that, but they don't explain what happens to him. They probably explain that in the, in the last episode. But I figured when I heard that, I figured like, okay, well that's how they know that, um, that he's there. And lady true knows because will told her, uh, I would assume because Will, um, you know, like Dr. Manhattan explained everything to Will, basically, uh, who he was, who he was with, you know, what was going to happen, all that stuff. Um, so that that's how, you know, all the, all the parties know. But they they also in another great bit of foreshadowing, uh, Adrian Veidt asks him when he before he opens the box, he's like, do you know what's in there's there's two blind spots for dr manhattan one is the period of time that he has the ring in his head and thus had doesn't use his power of you know being able to know everything so that that time's like blank for him like a tunnel as she says and the other thing is is he can't see what's in the box adrian says do you know what's in here and he goes actually i don't and he says that's because i irradiated it with tachyons which is like a blind spot for you which makes sense to a degree you mentioned that in the comic as well Mm -hmm. tachyon is a particle that moves faster than the speed of light so therefore is moving backward in time Mm -hmm. correct Yep, the- theoretically, it breaks the the one law of the universe, which is things can't go faster than the speed of light. And, you know, un- unlocking the reasoning and stuff behind that could 
you know, unlock a lot of uh, in, incredible innovations. Um, possibly, if I knew how to do that, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> right. I would. I. I. In my. In my opinion, I would think mostly with travel, not time travel, but mostly with like interstellar travel. Uh, you know, would the implications of that be? Because I don't know if I. I mean, I'm open to the idea that time travel is possible, but I don't. I, most of me thinks that it's not because the one big thing is that you would have to presuppose that the past is is a living physical thing that continues to exist when we're not in there anymore in order for someone to be able to go there. Uh, and I just don't know if that's the case or not. There are lots of, you know, religious and philosophical uh, connotations as to whether or not time, you know, like almost destroys, you know, the past or if, um, or if it still always exists, if there's like one continuum of all time happening simultaneously, but uh someone's read the lingoliers <laughs> right exactly but anyway so um so yeah so the tachyon beam is something that could uh force him that a to... bunch of rednecks were able to whip up right exactly they don't really explain that but uh i guess they've got the the resources that's where they took all the actually they took all the watches if you uh, mm. you know the ones that were taking the batteries out of earlier that's, that's right that's for yeah yeah that's right that makes sense because they mentioned they were the old style batteries, which is another reference to the comics. Because um, Doctor Manhattan is able to synthesize, like I can't remember what it is. It might be lithium or some substance, you know, that's mm-hmm. hard to supply. So he's basically made batteries like you know very ever you know present and you know ubiquitous. Yeah, not like the ubiquity twins, but you know, <laughs> yeah. But so uh, she's fighting them. He comes out and starts exploding all their heads, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, and he's just like vape, literally vaporizing people. Why he can't do them all at once? I don't know, but he doesn't. Yeah, well, that was one of the things I thought of is just like make them all disappear, make them all be destroyed, or whatever. Yeah, um, since he can, you know, control time, you think you'd be able to control that? Yeah, yeah. A but lot of I it is the idea that that it's his fate, you know. Yeah, and that's the thing. He believes in fate. Yeah, that's the thing is that he he always talks about how these things have to happen. And it's like, if you knew them, couldn't you change them? Couldn't you change? But I guess, you know, that's another, like you said, causality thing. And it's, we can get into a lot of very in-depth physical or, uh, uh, psychological, physiological conversations when it comes to that. But, uh, anyway, so, uh, they, they kill what we presume is all of them. Uh, she says, you know, like, like we won or whatever, you know, you were wrong. And he goes, I'm sorry, I wasn't. And then one pops up like a fucking jack-o'-lantern to turn on the tachyon beam and force, force, like, uh, shift him to their little cage that they've built. So that, and that's basically where it ends. Yeah. Not good. So we'll have to find out. Don't we see, oh shit. You know, I I don't know if this is in the last episode, but don't we see a certain person uh, there in the audience? I don't think so. Okay, that's probably next episode then. Okay. But uh but yeah, so uh we'll see what happens uh in the final episode. Uh I can't imagine I'm trying to think of a way that Dr. Manhattan can survive this and this uh entire like season, entire series, uh to be able to be tied together beautifully at the end where he lives. And don't tell me if I'm right or wrong or not, 
but I can't think of any way that he lives that makes a satisfying conclusion. So I'm going to go into the last episode assuming that he dies because all the scenarios I can think of for how this could end uh, and wrap up in a way that I would find satisfying all involve Dr. Manhattan basically being destroyed. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, but anyway, um, but yeah, that's uh, that is the the uh, episode of The Watchmen. Uh, very good episode. Um, a lot, a lot is thrown into this episode. Like it's yeah. accelerating so fast, and the last episode is even more fast paced, if you can believe it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because uh, I do like I like how the season is pa- like the se- episode the way the episodes are paced. Obviously, is very good. I like how the season is paced. Uh, you know, as a whole, like they take a, the whole season as a chunk. And it's, you know, it's a slow build up until right around the middle. Then it starts to accelerate a little bit. And then, like, last three episodes, like, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, for sure. So it really makes you you excited. I I definitely am excited to watch the the final episode and uh, have our little discussion on it. But, yeah, that's the uh, the episode for the week. Uh, You know, if you've got any... Inkling too, you can write us uh, massflapy at gmail.com. We will read those. We're coming up on our big, I think this is the 90th episode, I believe, or 91st episode. One I don't of know. We've done a lot, though, especially when we're doing like three separate episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is so technically we've done over 100 episodes if you count, if you sure. count every episode we've done. But uh, oh, this is I like, don't. this is like the 91st, I think, of the, the main show or whatever. Um, but we've probably done, I think, like 160 or 100 and some, 160, 170 shows, something like that. Nice. Yeah. So we have over 159 views on YouTube. Thank you. <laughs> that the one, the one Norm McDonald tweeted out. I don't remember how many that got, but that got quite a few. Yeah, yeah we got a lot for that one. Yeah. I'm surprised the Ed, I thought the Ed Bigley Jr. Uh, interview was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't check the views or I know you said there's something weird going on with YouTube or something. I don't know. Yeah, we're the for some reason the hosting site Hashtag Obamagate. <laughs> for some reason the hosting site we use is having trouble. Google changed the way they do their their transfers or their analytics or something like that. Um and they're still working on on basically updating it for everybody. Uh, and they, you know, it said that it's going to take uh, a while for that to to get into place. So, um, I was thinking about maybe just uh, going back to the old style of me uploading them, like the episodes there uh, manually, because I know I know there are people that like to to listen on YouTube with the. Yeah, the... I think my wife listens on YouTube. Yeah, so that's a one view. <laughs> But yeah, they they've temp- it says we've temporarily disabled new access to the YouTube auto posting feature as we're waiting on Google to reapprove our account after they change their rules. All right. Um so we'll we'll uh we'll, we'll see you see next that. week, right? 